shaking everybody you're listening to improv tabletop the fate rpg actual play where we make up everything on the spot i'm ned wilcock your host and gm and today i'm joined by heather brower hey guys evan empty chair at an empty table peterson can i steal just uh got some new tables and chairs (laughs) continuing the wonderful tradition of people recording even though they're in the middle of moving or getting ready to move evan i'm very glad that you are taking time out of preparing for your move to record with us. No problemo, Ned. I just hope this barren room I'm recording in has good sound quality. Well, as long as it has your voice in it, that's good enough sound quality for me. I'm also happy to see that you are um, doing okay and back um, and that you have achieved some peace with uh, Caleb. Uh, I I don't know what you're talking about. Um, There's been no war with Caleb and I. Things have uh, always been peaceful with Caleb and I. So I don't know. uh, I'm a little confused what you might be uh, hinting at there. I've had some weird dreams then, if that's the case. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just took a perfectly normal one-month break from the podcast to uh, recenter, and uh, I'm back now. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Wow, that technology Caleb used really was good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, whatever he did, you're back. And that means you get to join in the wonderful story that we've got prepared for you this month. We've been on kind of a train of, you know, in October, we did our Halloween themed campaign. In November, we were in a grocery store the entire time. So that's basically Thanksgiving. (laughs) And now that it's December, we're doing a Christmas themed campaign. I mean, that is fair. I was in the grocery store for like two hours this morning because I decided Decided I was going to take over Thanksgiving for my mother-in-law, so that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, we are going to be combining this Christmas story with a suggestion that came from the user Kenna Steele. Wonder who that is. I don't know her. <laughs> who suggested that we should all play as our own pets, which I think is delightful, and I'm very excited to see what happens with this. I'm so excited. <laughs> so as always, we're going to start out with an ideation. We're going to tell some real stories from our real life that are going to give us some inspiration about how to craft this story moving forward. So everybody will need to obviously introduce their pet and give us a bit of a sense of what they're all about. And then just, you know, a little bit of maybe some Christmas tradition or whatever the case may be. So I'll start us off. My cat, Count Strahd von Zarovich, has been mentioned a few times on this podcast and has, I guess, technically made a couple cameos by this point. His name is a bit of a misnomer because, you know, his whole shtick is, you know, he's named after my favorite literary character, Strahd von Zarovich, the vampire from Dungeons and Dragons. He is, however, the kindest, most affectionate cat that I've ever met in my life. So being a vampire lord is maybe not the truth, But don't tell anybody that. This is a secret for all of our listeners. So he is a very young cat. He has not yet reached the ripe old age of one, but he is a very large cat. He is a Siberian forest cat, which is the second largest domestic cat species. So he is kind of a blunt instrument because he is a child in a very large body. (laughs) One of his favorite things is to play fetch. 
So I'll like grab whatever his favorite toy happens to be at the moment and toss it across the room. And he goes thundering like a rocket slamming into stuff on the way to try and grab this toy and bring it back to me. (laughs) And currently his favorite toy is, it's not like any sort of manufactured cat toy because that would be way too easy. It is whenever I brush his fur, I get a lot of fur out of that because they have very long hair. And when I'm done, he likes it when I roll all of the fur together into a little ball and toss that around for him. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Of course he does. It is weird and nasty, but it's his favorite thing in the entire world. And I cannot bring myself to deprive my sweet little vampire lord of his favorite toy. That's so cute. You know, it makes sense that that would be his favorite toy being a vampire lord. You know, with dead skin cells and everything on it. Like, gross. Also, Ned says that the cat is cuddly and kind and affectionate. But, uh, well, I've been on the podcast with him and I've seen the way Strahd looks at the camera through me as Ned holds him and coddles him and cuddles him. And I think Strahd might just have a very loyal follower more than anything. <laughs> He's charmed him. Yeah, our relationship, it's, I'm not, I'm not a fur parent. We're not roommates. I am his familiar, I think. (laughs) But yeah, so that is my cat, Count Strahd von Zarevich. Um, As far as Christmas, Christmas has for basically my entire life been my favorite holiday. I absolutely adore, you know, just getting to spend time with loved ones, getting to cozy up inside. I love the music. I love the lights. I love the trees, the decorations. And so it seems that I have been thinking about Christmas pretty critically since a very, very young age. My mother likes to tell the story of when I was, I don't know, maybe five or six. I came up to her one day and I said, Mom, it doesn't make sense that Santa would be able to deliver all of these presents in one night because he's just one person and there's so many people in the world. And my mom's like, oh, that's interesting. What do you think of that? And I was like, well, it'd make a lot more sense if he just like cuts a check for all the parents and has them buy the presents. (laughs) And so apparently that was my theory when I was a young child. And, you know, Santa's great. Uh, We have children who listen to this podcast, so I'm going to leave it at that. I love Santa. Santa can cut me a check any day. (laughs) I will take it. Um, Do fur babies count? Because if so, I would love to get a check from Santa. (laughs) Yeah, dear old Saint Nick, we're all just waiting for that wonderful North Pole stimulus package. It's, it's funny because as a little kid, you were skeptical of Santa's magic, which uh, very much real. And now as an adult, you make believe with magic multiple times a week with all your best friends. I'm going to ignore that and turn <laughs> it over to Heather. Ned doesn't want a therapy session. <laughs> so um, I think it would be best to just start off with getting our dog. Her name is Misty. Full name is Misty River, but the name is actually Mystique. I don't think we ever tell anyone that, but Thomas was like, we have to name her some obscure geeky name, whatever. That's not really obscure because it's from X-Men, but (laughs) I don't think Ned even knew that. I did not know that, and I have known Misty for quite a while. Yeah, so Misty River, she is a bearded collie. That's kind of like a shaggy dog, like if you think of a shaggy dog with the hair over her eyes. Starring Tim Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Throwback. Um, When we got her, we, like, as newlyweds, well, 
kind of. And I was pregnant at the time. I would always tell Thomas, if you loved me, you'd get me a dog. So he'd always like, for Valentine's Day or anything, get me a stuffed animal. And one day we went to pet these puppies. The problem was they were only $20 a puppy. That was just very dumb of us to go to that batch of puppies because we couldn't have a dog. But he fell in love with her, gave the person $20, even though five minutes before we said we would not get a puppy, but he just loved me. So we got a puppy and it was probably the worst decision we've ever made, but not because of her. She's wonderful. Um, Two things about Misty and this first one involves Ned. So Ned has known Misty the longest out of like anybody and (laughs) Misty still pretends that she hates Ned. In fact... (laughs) If Ned looks Misty in the eyes, she will stare him down until he turns his gaze away and just growl at him. But the second he turns his gaze away, she'll drop her ball in his lap and he has to play fetch with her without looking. If he looks again, she'll start growling. (laughs) She's a little bit psychotic. She is and she does love Ned, but if he looks at her, she's like this hormonal crazy lady. So that's one thing. The other thing is Misty is like the best guard dog I never wanted. People are scared to approach me. I mean, Ned has learned to deal with her, but mainly any of our other friends, there's only a few exceptions, just ask us to put her in the bedroom because they can't understand how to work with her psychosis. Oh, poor thing. She's lovely. She has saved me from a burglar before, so I'm grateful for that. As far as Christmas tradition, my favorite one that we've ever had, and this has nothing to do with the spirit of Christmas, all to do with my stomach, is on Christmas Eve, we have a finger foods feast. Mm. And there can be no utensils. We don't use them at all, except to scoop out like the little wieners because no one's Not use those hands, Heather. (laughs) 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 Right? The little smokies are my favorite though. Every year I look forward to them and it never occurs to me that I can make them, you know, not only once a year, but... (laughs) Some foods just have to be like once a year foods or else they'll lose their luster. Like deviled eggs at Easter? Yeah, when I became an adult and I started realizing I could have foods whenever I wanted, there were a couple foods I made that mistake with and I started having them all the time. And then I was like, oh, it's special because it's once a year. I don't know, man. The day that I discovered you could buy those little frozen cream puffs and eclairs just at the store, that was a great day for me. <laughs> don't have to wait for a friend to get married to chow down on those. That's true. You can have those in your fridge whenever you want. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Let's see, Evan, what you got for us. All right, so I will uh, give you all the lowdown on St. Lucius Peterson III is his official name. We call him Lucky. His name was not chosen by us. He was named Lucky. Um, We got him from my wife's uncle who got him and then quickly realized he was in over his head with a new puppy. (laughs) And so he needed to rehome him, but he was excited to give it to someone in the family, so we took him. Um, the reason we went St. Lucius Peterson III, fun fact to everyone out there thinking of getting dogs, um, if your dog is AKC certified and you want to fill out the paperwork with the AKC, they have a limit on how many names per breed. So it's like each breed can only have the same name like 50 times and then there's a limit. So like if you have a golden retriever that you want to name Max, it's not happening. There's, there's guaranteed there's already 50 Maxes in the system. 
So it's easiest to just get creative. So yeah, we had Lucky and we came up with St. Lucius Peterson and then the third, just because it sounds more formal. (laughs) But anyway, he is a miniature schnauzer. He is two and a few months and he looks like an old wise wizard and behaves like a three-year-old after a birthday party. (laughs) Sprints, bounces off the walls. Um, He is simultaneously an amazing guard dog and a terrible guard dog because schnauzers we found out the hard way um we went into our puppy training class and she was like hey any specific problems and we were like he barks a lot she was like oh i've got a little paper about how to deal with barking and in the paper in the top corner it said top three barkiest breeds and uh miniature schnauzers made the list Uh, so he barks at everything that makes a peep makes a noise outside of our apartment sets him off Um, which makes him a great guard dog. He barks at all the squirrels. Uh, Our neighbors have a chicken coop, so that's delightful. (laughs) But anyone who gets through the door, instant best friend. Uh, As we mentioned earlier, we've been moving this last week, so we've been trying to offload all of our furniture on Facebook Marketplace. So our house has been inundated with strangers, and he has not taken a disliking to any of them. Any random person just walks in our front door, and he has a new best friend. So I really hope, you know, not to delve too much into a horrible situation, but Misty saved you from a robber, our dog would just lick the robber's face and ask for cuddles. (laughs) Like, it would be a totally pointless situation, but we love him, and he's really, really good. Great. But anyway, uh, Christmas, my family was kind of weird for Christmas, I think. I don't know. I started to like wonder about different aspects of every various family's Christmas because I would watch movies and stuff. And Santa never wrapped my family's Christmas presents. Um, McKenna's making a face like I am very bizarre for that. Yeah, I think I just need an explanation of it. Yeah, I think my parents had just like worked out a special deal with Santa beforehand or something. That's cool. That's cool. But um, our house, it's, uh, I, I struggled to describe architecture in a podcast but anyway our living room had just kind of an opening that led into it that was easy to hang a blanket across and then you could get to the kitchen you could get to all our bedrooms but you wouldn't be able to see the living room so what santa would do is he would hang this blanket in front of our living room and lay out all our presents beside our stockings So there would be five piles of presents beside each of our stockings. And then my dad would go in beforehand and record the room with the camera. And then he would drop the curtain and he would record all of us running into the room, finding our piles and reacting to the various presents that were in our piles. So it was a very nice way to kick things off. And then we would separate all the wrapped presents from family and parents and go around the room opening our presents, which was nice. But yeah, so I don't... uh, Uh, My parents had worked out some sort of deal with that, but I remember even from a young age being like, I'm curious as to like the differences in everyone's house. And I started taking a big interest in like other countries, Christmas celebrations. And my dad, who spent two years in Australia, introduced me to the greatest Christmas song ever, which all of you should go look up after this. Uh, I believe it's just titled Six White Dingoes or no, Six White Boomers because a boomer is a kangaroo. And uh, it's a song about Santa's team of kangaroos that pull his sled through the Australian outback. And it's a delightful little ditty. And I played it in school for show and tell. And it's a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, there's some of my stories. It's like Dominic the Donkey, but Australian. Yeah, a little bit. Six white boomers, snow white boomers. (laughs) I just want the rest of the podcast to be you singing that song now. (laughs) Well, we can't have that because, McKenna, you have to tell us about your cat. About my stinky baby. Okay, let me tell you. I think I've brought her up before. Her name is Not the Brave. 
named after Sam Regal's character in Critical Role Campaign 2. Can you tell we're nerds? Yeah, it's like we have a uh, Strahd von Zarevich and a Not the Brave. <laughs> I know. Um, but she she's really sweet. So she, I don't remember if I told her story. I may have. So if you've already heard this before, I apologize. But we got her. Um, it'll be a year ago, probably a week after this comes out. Um, we went to the animal shelter here. It's like... Because we had talked about getting a cat. My sister got a cat while we were living with my parents. And Christian, for the longest time, was very much, Ew, cats. I don't like cats. We're never getting a cat. And then all of a sudden, my sister's cat and him were like best friends. And so then both of us really wanted to get one. So one day he texted me while he was at work and said, Hey, come pick up my card. Go get a cat. Merry Christmas. And I was like, oh, I married correctly. And so <laughs> I went to the shelter. I looked around and they were like, Hey, this is the cats that have um, special needs, essentially, because um, she has no teethies. She is just gumming it straight and she is so sweet and she'll still try and attack you and eat you and like she'll like try and nom on you but it doesn't hurt it's just soft and just a little slimy because of her spit um but she's really sweet she's a little goblin baby they think she's eight she'll be nine here soon um but she's doing great they don't know how she lost her teeth they said they found her on the side of a road in a box and brought her in and I knew that she was our cat because when I went into like the little room to do like a little play test kind of thing, like, okay, are we gonna vibe? Um, she came up while I was sitting on the floor and she just kept headbutting my head, just like rubbing up on me. And I was like, oh no, I'm in love. But yes, so that is my sweet baby bean and I love her. She's my child. Even though she's the reason why you only have three out of four fate dice tonight. Yes, listen, <laughs> Ned, Ned is so wonderful and got us all fate dice to say thank you for being on the podcast because he's one of the best human beings I've ever met and he's so kind um, and I was so excited because I got my dice in time to use for recording tonight and she decided to ruin that for me and so now I have three of my four fate dice <laughs> and I don't know where the fourth is so, which is another thing. She loves playing with D20s. We have like big ones that will like throw on the floor and she'll like run after them. It's really cute. Nice. And so, yeah, she's really sweet. But then I'm so sorry I'm taking forever. On to Christmas. Guys, Christmas is my favorite. I've had my tree up since Christian's birthday in October. I love Christmas. I like if I am feeling down, I listen to Christmas music. I love baking. I love the gingerbread cookies. I love making hot chocolate. I love How the Grinch Stole Christmas starring Jim Carrey. But one story that comes to mind in regards to Christmas is my family. Wow, like I think back in 2017, um, we were doing a little bit of like a cross-country road trip, going to see various sites, starting in New York, going down to like Illinois and Oklahoma. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly. But my dad and my mom originally met in Michigan. And so we went up to where they lived and went to Mackinac Island, whatever. But there is a little town called Frankenmuth, Michigan. And in this town is, I believe, the world's biggest Christmas store. 
I didn't know that we were going to this Christmas store. I didn't know a thing. And so we're driving along and my dad, it's like in the middle of July, my dad started playing Christmas music. And I was like, oh my gosh, my dad loves me. He's playing Christmas music in July. This is amazing. So I was just bopping along, completely missing the signs that says like biggest Christmas store here in Frankenmuth, completely missing it, just jamming along. And then we pull into the parking lot and I was like, oh my gosh. And my parents were like, yeah, like we're going to go in. And I was like, Oh my gosh, really? And I sobbed, like full on, like hyperventilating sobbing because I was so excited to go into this Christmas store that we had to sit and wait five to 10 minutes for me to legit calm down before we could actually go into the store because I was so excited. <laughs> I, like it, it, it was almost like on the verge of like a panic attack, but like an excitement attack. It, w- it was absurd. So <laughs> safe to say Christmas is my favorite. I love that. I love, I love the Christmas. Nice. I think this gives us some fun stuff to work with. So the sort of scenario that I've built up in my mind of maybe what this story is going to be about is, you know, back in the day when Santa wasn't very well known, it wasn't unreasonable that he'd be able to deliver presents to all of the children who knew about him in one night. But over the years, as he's become a bit less underground, gained a bit more mainstream popularity, he needs multiple resources to help disperse the presents. Maybe he just cuts the parents a check, but maybe in the case of of this story here, he occasionally will use the pets to help get the presents delivered on Christmas night. So I think we've got kind of maybe a stealth ops mission with our pets here to help make sure that their owners have a wondrous and Merry Christmas. Oh no. I'm so excited. My dog's so clumsy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to give stats to our pets. This is going to be great. (laughs) Oh man. Oh no. So we already know who our characters are going to be. So that takes care of a lot of sort of the mental legwork for us. True. Now it's just a matter of figuring out what their aspects and whatnot are. Let's go ahead and start with Heather. We, we already have a bit of a sense of who Misty is. How do you think you would distill that into a high concept aspect? Her high concept is she protects her own. Mm. Emphasis on her own. Because <laughs> it doesn't include many. <laughs> but if you're part of that, then you are very fortunate. Yes. <laughs> now, what's something that gets Misty into trouble? I would say that she's a sexist at heart. <laughs> <laughs> Harmony wants to ask you to expound on that, but I feel like I already know exactly what it means. We we thought once upon a time that her master was Thomas. We've come to realize it's not. <laughs> it is me. I remember you had me babysit her one time, and I had <laughs> oh, one of my yeah. friends come over to get something or something like that while I was there, and it was a guy, and like I opened the door, and she was like, not today. Oh. This is not happening <laughs> in my house. And I was like, okay, sh- it's okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> So we've got high concept, we've got trouble. Next up, we're going to get your audience suggested aspect. So these are the ones that you will get to choose from. I won't drink my cocoa without marshmallows. Forever young at heart. A glass of nog and nothing can go wrong. Guys, my dog is a great dog. She's a bit of a brat, though. It's definitely the cocoa without the marshmallows. (laughs) She's a little princess. Nice. And then what is her peak approach going to be? She is clever. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I mean, she ate, like, all the stuff out of the trash today while I was standing right there and didn't even see her do it. (laughs) And she ate, like, all the scrap hamburger or whatever I threw in there. And then Thomas comes in and was like, 
what happened? There's like paper all over the floor. I'm like, I was standing right here the whole time. How'd that happen? <laughs> She's so clever. Nice. And now we just need a stunt for Misty. So I asked Thomas about this because Missy is really hard for me to put into words. And I think I'm going to use the stunt he suggested, which was her patience always pays off. Ooh, interesting. Is that a reflection on as long as she just waits long enough, Thomas is going to slip her some food from off the table kind of situation? <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit more sad than that. I think she just like plays on the fact that I am out with the boys taking them to activities in school all day. So when I come home, she knows I know she's been alone all day. And that's when she'll play the sympathy card <laughs> and get whatever she wants. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, my poor little Strahd. I am the only other living creature in his life for the most part. And when I come home from work, he is very happy to see me. (laughs) All right. So we got some stats for Misty. Next up, let's turn over to Evan. So, yeah. So schnauzers are interesting because so I I was thinking of a few places I could start off here having to portray him as a character in a role playing game. And the word schnauzer is German, so he could be German. They look like old men. He has a very long white beard. And also he acts like, like I said, a child after a birthday party. Um, but I think he thinks he's very wise. So um, I'm I'm going with the wizard, sort of the old Gandalf the Grey style wizard type of uh, person we you know from movies and TV shows. We actually, maybe I'll send this to you too, Ned. Um, we have a mutual friend here at the podcast who does a lot of commissions for us for D&D characters and such. Oh, yeah. And I've commissioned her to draw our dog as a wizard. And she did amazing. Uh, she incorporated, like, a pattern on his collar into his wizard robes and everything. And it's it's really cute. So, but the reason I bring all this up is that his high concept is old and wise in his own mind because he's not actually I don't think that wise but he certainly seems to think he is half the time so nor is he that old nope he's definitely not that old definitely a puppy but (laughs) very nice what's something that gets lucky in trouble both with us and in his life, a noise equals danger to Lucky. Mm. And dogs only know how to respond to danger in one way, and that can get a dog into trouble if they are barking. That is true. This is going to be fun. (laughs) Now, for your additional aspect, the ones that you're going to get to choose from are a candy cane has a million uses, everyone should have a shoulder to hug at Christmas, and can only see in red, green, and brown. Oh boy. So here's the thing. Only seeing red, green, and brown feels very appropriate for me as I'm colorblind. (laughs) Total side note, uh, me and a teacher one time joked, I wanted to, in high school, write a children's book to raise awareness and try and petition the world to change the Christmas colors because I am red, green, colorblind, and I think it's unfair that I get red and green confused. There are so many moments. It happened just this last week as my sister-in-law was setting up her Christmas tree, but it happened a few years ago. Uh, tinsels. Uh, one time my mom had a tinsel that was a mix of red and green tinsel wrapped around our banister, 
and it took me three weeks before I realized it was two separate colors on that tinsel. Um, oh my gosh. So I, I was going to write a children's book called Christmas Isn't Colorful to Me. Oh, <laughs> that's a statement right there. Yeah. Uh, so as much as that one appeals to me, I, I also, man, I'm going to wax poetic way too long, but my wife's been sick very recently and we've learned our dog is very, he can tell when someone's sad or sick and he's very quick to drop playtime and go into cuddle mode when that happens. So I think everyone deserves a shoulder to hug at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be him. That's cute. Sweet little schnauzer. Now, what is his peak approach going to be? So, yeah, he is a, like, smaller breed of dog, but if you were to Google miniature schnauzer average weight, he's actually a good few pounds above the high end of miniature schnauzer weight. He's actually closer to a small standard schnauzer size than a miniature schnauzer, and we don't know why. He's not overweight, he's not fat, he's just tall and has some heft to him. And so when he plays with other schnauzers and such, he is very quick to dwarf them in size. And he still seems to think he's a small dog. And he will bowl you off your feet, jump up on your lap, and it feels like there's two daggers poking into your legs. <laughs> and so I've decided to go with Forceful because he swings a lot of weight around at our house. Nice. And now finally, we need a stunt for Lucky. What you got? Um, I'm going to go with something along the lines of, um, I'm going to call it Never Met a Stranger. Uh, and that is that for the stunt, when invoked, he just uh, can sidle up to someone and they're immediately a little more endeared to him, a little more friendly. Nice. So that does it for Lucky. And that means Not is the only one we got left. Naughty Naughty. So what is uh, Not's high concept aspect going to be? All right, listen, Not is from the streets. Mm. So uh, her high concept is going to be street smarts, like in the John Mulaney comedy special. Just like, you know, she spent some time in the alleyways with some pretty sketchy cats. And uh, so she's she's got a lot of street smarts on her side of how to handle situations. I like how we're building an origin story for Not. Honestly, yes. Christian and I have been talking about what voices we would use for Not. And we've gone through a variety of them. And one of them kind of goes along with the origin story of I've been through so much. <laughs> She's been through a lot. So yeah, starting off with street smarts, man. Nice. Now, what is something that gets not in trouble on occasion? So in real life, she gets in trouble for scratching my couch to death. But in regards, especially to Christmas, um, anything shiny on my beautiful tree is the greatest toy she's ever seen. Mm. And she gets into a lot of trouble climbing my tree and making general ruckus. I've found multiple ornaments underneath my couch. So she gets a little sidetracked with those pretty easily. <laughs> nice. So there's our trouble. Now for your audience suggestion aspect, here's what you get to choose from. I'm ready. They're not fleas, they're visitors. When people deck the halls, I deck the catnip. And wrapping paper is the enemy. All I can think of is I'm going with the idea of street smarts. And all I can think is when people deck the halls, I deck the catnip. <laughs> so now she's just like turning into an addict from the streets. I'm going to do that. No. Is that inappropriate? Is that too inappropriate for a family podcast? I'm going to do it. When people deck the halls, I deck the catnip. All right. I can't. That reminds me of Shrek when the cat is like, uh, that's a not mine. <laughs> Dude, Shrek 2, what a movie. So that is your additional aspect. Yes. What is Knott's peak approach going to be? I don't know if any of us have done quick, 
Nobody's done quick yet. Yeah, I'm going to do quick because she is fast. She's very hard to catch. Like, if we catch her scratching on the couch, she bolts. The second I move my foot, she's gone. (laughs) Um, Or if we're trying to get her to come into our bedroom when we go to bed, she's gone. Like, impossible to catch her sometimes. So you got to trick her. But yeah, she's a a fast cat. (laughs) Yeah, I can attest that the cat trying to escape from getting in trouble, it is quite a bolt. Yes. And it's always like, by the time you finally catch them, they're not going to remember what they did wrong. Mm -hmm. They just think this is fun now. Cats. Cats. The musical. All right. And then the last thing we need for Not is a stunt. Yes. So I've decided her stunt is going to be called the Slippery Spit Slope. <laughs> um, I sound so gross, but it's the alliteration because she has no teeth. So she has like her kind of her saliva gets a little bit everywhere, especially if she like is attacking you or if she's eating or if she's just falling asleep. Sometimes when she wakes up, she's just got a little bit of spit right there. And I think she can use that to her advantage in some situations. This is it's going to be interesting. This is going to be an interesting story. <laughs> I'm so excited for Christian to listen to this one and be like, what did you do to our cat? <laughs> all right. So we've got all of our characters figured out with all of their appropriate stats and whatnot. So let's go ahead and start setting the scene. It is the day before Christmas, and all across the nation, these friends who make podcasts are in some frustration because they don't have presents to get for their spouses, and they are now struggling to get out of their houses and buy all those presents to bring back to their loves so that they won't get put in the doghouse above. Anyway, I'm done rhyming. (laughs) So... We're going to start off, let's start off in the Brower household. So Misty, it's been a busy day. Your mama Heather is out with the boys and Thomas is the only one who's currently at the house and he's working on editing podcasts for iCast Fireball. And you haven't quite gotten your lunch yet, so you're a little hungry and you know that he is pretty stressed out at the moment. How do you think Misty would interact with Thomas in this situation? Well, Thomas just happened to leave his office door just a crack open. Like the latch is almost latched, but not quite. So Misty's going to take her nose in between the handle and the door and twist the handle and push and open the door and come in, lay her head right on top of Thomas's lap and give him a stare down. Thomas looks down at you and he's like, not now, Misty. Uh, I'm right in the middle of this really, really big episode. There's a huge fight going on. Oh, gosh. And you just keep like staring up at him and he's like, okay, fine, whatever. And he stands up and takes you into the kitchen and he starts digging through one of the drawers in the fridge and he grabs like some turkey cold cuts. And he's like, no, don't tell mom about this. And he holds some turkey out for you. Misty just kind of like looks at it and walks away because she knows she can't have table food. (laughs) And as Thomas sets it down and walks out, she waits. And then she goes and carefully cleans out all the turkey from the package, but leaves the package right where he left it. (laughs) And then, you know, she's going to go to her kennel 
and eat all the turkey in a second. And she's going to sneak out the kitchen door outside and go visit her friend, Not. All right, yeah. So you sneak out. You go up the stairs from the basement apartment into the backyard. And as you are peering about, you hear what sounds like the twinkling of bells coming from off in the distance. And you can see fluttering on the wind is a little letter. It's on sort of a nice heavy parchment and it's got a wax seal on the back of it. And it comes fluttering in on the wind with a scent of wonderful baked sweets on the air. And it lands in front of you with a little ding, 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 dingle. And a couple little bits of glitter kind of fly off of it and then dissipate into the air. And you can see it has the seal of Santa Claus on the back of it. I'm going to snatch that so fast (laughs) and find anyone on the street who's going to play a game of fetch with me. (laughs) I don't care who it's from. I don't care what it is. I'm going to play fetch with this. So you snatch it between your teeth. And as you start rushing off to the front to get to the street, you hear a muffled voice coming from inside inside of the envelope between your teeth. What? Drops it immediately and just stares at it. And it starts to kind of inflate from the inside and it's rocking back and forth and kind of bouncing a bit. And then it pops open and you can see in an image of fairy dust and sparkles and the smell of mint and pine is sort of this magical spectral image of one of your other friends. And the voice says to you, Ah, Misty, it is good to see you again. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I forgot. And Strahd looks away from you. (laughs) And he goes, Misty, it is a big day, is it not? The day before Christmas. Sure, yeah, it's a big day. What is going on, Strahd? I wanted to play a game of fetch, dude. Well, you see, the problem is you are trying to fetch the wrong things. Santa has some presents for your owners, but they have not yet arrived. And uh, he needs a bit of help to get them down to your apartment. Nope, won't help him. Well, what if I say that I have some other people in on the job? Is it Mrs. Claus? Let's cut over real quick and see one of the other people who's in on the job as we find ourselves in the Randall Steele household. Yeah, boy. So not, you are sitting there on the couch and you're just staring at the corner of the couch where you like to scratch, but know that you're not supposed to. My booty's shaking just a little bit. And McKenna's out for the day. She is busy doing some last minute Christmas shopping and whatnot, but Christian is there on the computer and he's playing some Magic the Gathering Arena online. He would. Indeed, he would. And similarly, as you are sitting there just anticipating what it would be like to scratch that couch and not get in trouble for it, you also hear kind of this dingle, dingle, dingling noise coming from outside the window. Immediately snap my head towards it and then kind of do like the little thing where it's like, kind of look like you're thinking about pouncing. But then maybe stand up a little bit and make my way over to look at it. And you see outside of the window is similarly one of these fine parchment letters, but it is being carried in the beak of a little pure white snow canary. (gasps) Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm going to go up to the window, look at it, make a little... And then tap at the window. And Christian from the computer kind of cocks his head a little bit like he's confused. And he takes his headphones off and he's heard you tapping on the window there. And he's like, okay, okay. And he gets up and walks over to you and he's like, hey, what's up? 
just keep hitting the window and then I'm gonna hop down off the ledge and then kind of go to the door to the balcony and be like hello you gonna you gonna let me out for a second and he looks back to the computer where his match is still going on and he looks like he's weighing the pros and cons of letting the cat outside when the wife is away but eventually he goes over to the door and he's like okay now just don't jump down onto the ground or anything and opens up the door to the balcony and heads back to the computer sweet and then i'm gonna go up and hop on my little chair that's out there and i'm gonna try to get that bird (laughs) all right so you see the bird it's fluttering around go ahead and roll to attack with quick let's say Ooh, it's a plus four whoa yeah so you leap up And before this canary can even see that you're there, it just puffs away into a cloud of snowflakes and you're left with just the letter in your toothless gums. I'm gonna just try and rip at it and I can only use my claws, but it's kind of getting a little soggy though. So it's a little (laughs) gross, but. Yeah, and eventually you manage to get it open and similarly this kind of holographic image pops up. Strahd's face is a little bit damp on one edge. <laughs> you. <laughs> but he turns to me and he's like, Not Misty is being very difficult today. Well, I suppose I could go ahead and talk to her if you would like. Yes, please. And his face swipes out of sort of the frame of this hologram. And now you two are looking at each other's faces, speaking through these magic Santa letters. Not, oh my gosh, I've been waiting to see you. Want to play fetch or something? Oh, I've missed you. Well, I miss you too. But um, one of the things I'm wondering about is um, why are you being um, difficult about it? I wouldn't say I was being difficult. I mean, I think it's presumptuous for some fat man to come up to me and expect that my day is free and help him. But what if he made a promise of giving you turkey slices for Christmas? Not, you know, I never break my rule of uh, eating table food, like, ever. (laughs) I'd never do that, but I mean, I could be persuaded, I guess, if they actually came from Mrs. Claus. Well, I know how to talk to Santa in order to get him to get Mrs. Claus involved. Okay, I'll do it. What am I doing? The presents. Oh, uh uh-huh. And at that point, Strahd's face kind of butts in so you can each see the other's face and also Strahd's face. And he's like, yes, there is a bit of a, you know, it's been an interesting year as far as shipment and deliveries and whatnot go. So Santa's been hit with a little bit of a bottleneck as well. Therefore, he is calling upon the pets to help with the deliveries of the presents. Oh, why don't you just start with that? Yeah, okay, I'll help. Strahd rolls his eyes, and he's like, (laughs) Okay, there is one more person. Give me just a moment. And we cut to the Peterson residence, uh, your new home in Texas. It's kind of unusual because, you know, there's not snow outside. But Evan is off getting some last-minute decorations and whatnot. And so, Lucky, it's just you and Kenzie here in the apartment. And Kenzie is starting to get, like, the crafts room kind of all settled in, starting to paint some miniatures to pass a little bit of time. I'm just going to be sitting at her feet, like, trying to rest my chin right on the chair, like, between her knees um, to try and get her attention. And I have uh, my favorite toy, which is a little stuffed fish. 
I'm setting it on the chair and then every 30 seconds or so I'm letting out a little growl and sort of patting my feet with anticipation. And after a while she puts down the miniature that she's painting and she picks up the fish and she kind of wags it in front of you a little bit and she tosses it out the door into the hallway. Bullet straight after it. I'm chasing it down the hallway. Yeah, you rush after it. It's kind of bouncing around in front of you and as you're rushing along you eventually like run into the screen back door and you accidentally tumble your way through the screen into the backyard (laughs) and when you land uh, you can see that your fish is sitting on top of a parchment letter. I'm going to destroy that letter. Uh, I'm going to grab that letter and take it back inside and head straight from my hiding spot under uh, mom and dad's bed and uh, I'm just going to start kind of picking at the corners and tearing off pieces of the letter. And as you manage to get the letter open, you can hear the sounds of kind of muffled arguing coming from inside and then you finally open it up and you see all three of your friends' heads in this magical sort of hologram and Strahd's like, no, I, I cannot promise you any treats from Mrs. Claus. I, I, goodness gracious. And then he sees that you've arrived. He's like, ah, lucky. Welcome to our little commiseration here. As he's like saying all that, I've grabbed the letter. I'm running back out in the living room and I'm like sprinting in circles around and uh, I grab another one of my favorite toys. This one's a stuffed octopus and I go up and I throw it down in front of the letter and I do the classic dog playtime pose of chest near the floor but up in the air. Yes. And Strahd goes, that is very impressive, Lucky. I am certain. But what would be even more impressive would be if you helped us to get some presents for your owners. I am sure you would find my assistance helpful, (laughs) wouldn't you? He rolls his eyes at your sort of precocious voice that you respond with, and he says, yes, we're going to need all paws on deck for this one. You see, there are not many places left where we can find the greatest desires of your owners, but there is one place. Bronner's Christmas Wonderland. We're sending you to Frankenwith, Michigan. (laughs) Did you look it up? I did look it up. I have the internet. (laughs) Isn't it beautiful? Sorry, continue. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to go there? Like, how? Because I will not get in a car. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. My owners have just trapped me in the vehicle for 48 hours. (laughs) I wish not to return. Oh, I was going to say you're probably used to it by now. And Strahd says, do not worry, friends. We are going to have to do this under cloak of darkness so that we are not seen by the people. Wait for the strike of midnight on Christmas Eve, and with the magic of Christmas a bit of fairy dust, you will be transported there. Do not worry. I'm afraid I will be in my kennel. Can this magic penetrate even those walls? (laughs) And he leans in close to the magical hologram and he says, Lucky, the magic of Christmas can get through any barrier. Wow, Strahd. That was a good one. Ah, Thank you. And he is, like, genuinely surprised that he got anything close to positive acknowledgement from you. (laughs) And he says, Now, we don't have much time. These leathers are going to self-destruct into snow in just a moment here. So, everybody, just make sure that you are ready at the stroke of midnight. And then, and all of your letters just puff into snow as he's about to finish his statement. 
I go berserk, just barking and running in circles and like shoving my nose in the snow and barking at it. And Kenzie comes out and she's all like, what on earth is it this time? And she looks and sees you playing around in this pile of snow. (laughs) In the middle of Texas. (laughs) And she just like furrows her eyebrows and shakes her head and then walks back into the craft room to keep working on the miniatures. And so, as you are all eagerly anticipating the hour, your owners have gone to sleep. There's just a couple twinkle lights going on on your Christmas trees, and the clock strikes midnight, and in a rush of wondrous magic, arcane wind that smells of sugar cookies and milk, it clouds over your vision, and... That is where we're going to pick up next week. Ooh, it's so magical. (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks everybody for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Furry Christmas. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as Heather is, just so confident that Misty is not eating table food. (laughs) If you go ahead and give us a review. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us or comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. Now that Thomas is not here, it is my onus to plug our sister podcast, iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. We've got some really fun episodes coming up this month. Really recommend giving that a listen. And also, I would like to plug our friend who Evan mentioned earlier, Sammy Swan Illustration. You can find her on Instagram. She takes commissions for D&D characters and whatnot. She's done a number of awesome character illustrations for various campaigns that we've done over the years. And I really like what she's doing. Go check out her account there. I had to start prioritizing characters that I play because we play so much D&D and I was spending so much money having her commission all of them because her work is so good that I had to start judging how important a character is and how long I'm playing them for because some died really quickly after (laughs) I got them commissioned. That's hilarious. (laughs) But she does a great job. I love her artwork. Yeah, go check out Sammy. Let's see, Heather, what you got for us? So I just want to plug doing something scary that is good. So, you know, when you just get that feeling and you're like, I can't do this, all these things will happen, blah, blah, blah. But maybe it's a dream of yours chasing it. Maybe it's like going and talking to someone who's alone at Christmas, but you're actually an introvert. Just if something's scary, but it's not harmful and it's good, I'd say do it because it usually brightens someone's day. The other day, there was this elderly woman in my neighborhood and I kept thinking, go talk to her, go say hi. And I was like, no, I don't like talking to people. I'm not going to do it. Everyone thinks I'm an extrovert. I'm actually not. And I was like, no, I don't want to. So finally, I just made myself do it. And she started bawling, said, I've been waiting for someone to notice me. And I was like, yeah, good. Because I've noticed. I love you. You know, but I felt really good afterwards. So do something scary that's good. That's the Christmas spirit, you know, just bring a little bit of light into somebody's life. is so warm. That was a really cute story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 
Evan, what would you like to plug? Uh, you know, Christmas always makes me think of good friends and family, uh, you know, longtime friends like uh, my buddy Caleb. You know, me and him have been tight for a really, really long time. Uh, <laughs> mm. And man, it's just, you know, good to catch up around Christmas time with a good friend like that. But um, more importantly than long-term friendships is the movie Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, without a doubt, one of the greatest movies of all time. And I will fight anyone who tries to say otherwise. I uh, have had a long time struggling with that movie, wondering if uh, I have my own nostalgia goggles on, trying to think about it more critically. Like, does it hold up without my own preconceptions uh, analyzing it? And uh, it does. It's a perfect movie. I watch that movie every Christmas. So much so, I feel like I already mentioned it on the podcast and we haven't even run during a Christmas season. So I may have just brought this up because I love it so much. But regardless, uh, I always cry at the end when... uh, the uh, old man has Christmas again with his family for the first time. Even though I've seen it more than 20 times, I still cry. I watch it every single year. My wife finds me odd, but dang it, that movie is so good. The second one is pretty decent and then it gets awful and they just decided to make another new one on Disney Plus, which by all accounts I've heard is just terrible. And so I'll be avoiding that even though I really like the main kid in it. He was in Jojo Rabbit. He's really good, but (gasps) Uh, his friend, Jojo's friend? Yeah, Jojo's friend <gasps> is the main kid in the Home Alone remake. <laughs> okay, I kind of want to watch it. Oh, I love him. <laughs> but anyway, the first Home Alone, the OG, is just an amazing Christmas movie. And every time I go back, it's just the foreshadowing. The script is so tight. The gags, oh, they're all so good. Perfect slapstick humor. Just mwah, perfect movie. Nice. McKenna, what would you like to plug? Well, since you brought up Jojo Rabbit... Whew, what a movie that is. Wonderful foreshadowing in that movie as well. I was mix of emotions watching that one. So just a little side note plug. If you haven't seen that movie, go watch that movie. Um, but I wanted to go ahead, even though I was not able to use my dice due to my cat, I wanted to plug the shop where um, Ned got them from. They're on Etsy. I don't know if they're elsewhere, but I found them on Etsy and sent it to Ned. Um, it's called Wood Tactics. They are these little wooden dice and they are beautiful. They let you choose from like a variety of different types of woods. Oh, it's gorgeous. And they roll so well and they sound so pretty. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. If you are looking to get dice and if you are even looking for fate specific dice because you want to join in on the fun we're having, they have those as well. And they're just beautiful dice and I love them. And I'm going on a hunt after this for dice number four. So wish me luck. (laughs) But yeah, check them out wood tactics support small businesses oh yeah well thanks for joining us here in the world of furry christmas i'm ned wilcock your host and gm and i've been joined by heather brower can't wait for more evan caleb's best friend peterson <laughs> mckenna Steele. meow <laughs> much love and stuff we'll catch you next week on improv tabletop Now, for your listening pleasure, three full minutes of the cast of Improv Tabletop getting distracted talking about their pets. 
Well, and I also love how all of our pets so far have like these extremely complex long names, but that it's like, oh, but it's just Misty and it's just Lucky and not and Strahd, but it's like uh, Count <laughs> Strahd von Zarovich. Honestly, I just call him dude. <laughs> Saw dude. <laughs> that works. Yeah, I, I don't know how our dog became Bubba and we oh. don't really know how that happened, but that's just what we call him now. <laughs> I just call her my stinky butthole. Um, which I regret <laughs> saying on the podcast. Um, my bad. Um, her favorite thing to do is grab any of my hair ties on the floor. Um, she'll carry them around in her mouth and she'll meow to say, hey, come play with me. But her meows are like very pathetic because they're like, meh, meow. And like, they're not even real mouths. It's just like a, eh. but we're going on a cruise here soon. And um, we're paying the extra money to put her in a little cat hotel and have them send pictures to us because we're needy. <laughs> Sorry if you hear noises in the background, by the way. Strahd is playing fetch right now on my kitchen floor. That's cute. For this episode, it seems appropriate. It's all par for the course. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Ned just uh, had his recording equipment potentially compromised by the cat. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Here he is. <laughs> Here he is. <gasps> oh, I can kind of hear him. And Ned says he's sweet, but I'm looking at that face right now, and all I see is a vampire lord pleased with his loyal servant. I see his murder. <laughs> As a non-cat odor, is catnip just cat drugs? Is that really just all it is? I mean, yeah, like when we put it on like her toys, because sometimes I'll buy like fresh catnip and just every now and then I'll like pluck it off and like rub it between my fingers. But like she just like flattens out and she's just like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like she rubs her face up on it and then she just kind of lays there and like purrs a lot. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I hope you're having a good trip, man. <laughs> My dog, when he gets in trouble, he likes to think he can be, like, sneaky. So, like, one of his things is he always steals socks, and he'll, like, wander in the room with his, like, head cranked awkwardly down towards the floor. (laughs) And you're like, hey, dude, do you got something in your mouth? And he'll, like, look up, but try not to, like, turn his head so his eyes will, like, crane clear to the corner of his eye sockets. And then he tries to, like, bolt it up the stairs. And you're like, you're not sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) You did not hide it well. A peek behind the curtain for the audience, it's surprisingly difficult to come up with a voice for your own pet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You just need to name your pet after a vampire lord and you're good to go. That is true. (laughs) It's built right in. Because in my head, Not sounds like Yzma when she turns into a cat in Emperor's New Groove, but I can't do that (laughs) voice. (laughs) 